0: 7.40 at DWS. Dave Gentry, Elizabeth Hess, he's tanned, rested, and ready. Judge David Bernthal back with us. Judge,
1: glad to have you with us. Well, good to be back. One of the one of those three things is true.
2: <laughs> tanned. Is that the one we're going yeah. with? Okay. Yeah,
1: I think so. <laughs> the will go with that. May, we'll have to see.
2: Let's talk about the Supreme Court's decision striking down the federal law over sports betting and uh, as Dave mentioned earlier, could signal trouble for the Trump administration in their legal fight against the sanctuary cities. The justices backed the reading of the Constitution's limit on federal government's power to force the states to go along with Washington's wishes. What are the implications of this decision?
1: Well, the biggest one, the most direct, is, is going to be sports betting. Uh, it, it, somebody reported yesterday that the, the decision legalized um, sports betting in the United States which is really not quite accurate it means that the federal prohibition has been removed and it's a question of each state making a decision will we allow it or won't we um, they also reported that this when this law was passed that uh, that Nevada was somehow exempted and my understanding is that Nevada they grandfathered anybody that had uh, legalized betting, and of course that would include uh, Nevada, and I think New Jersey had a year to to make a decision and didn't or decided not to and regretted it apparently. But um, that that will be the biggest uh, direct impact. Uh, states will now have the uh, ability to make their own individual choices, and beyond that, you know. I, I, say I have to read the opinion to see if you can sort of extrapolate and say, well, if they've ruled this way on this basis, then in, a, in another case, they might rule the same way. Um, which is, I think, what your question kind of alluded to, what other implications outside the specifics of the, of the sports betting context, uh, that remains to be seen. But it, it's certainly a, a decision that suggests that the court is sensitive to the issue of federal control over things versus allowing states to make their own decisions.
0: Okay, now speaking of that, the Trump administration is going to try to convince a U.S. appeals court today that they were justified in ending the DACA program. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals will be the first federal appeals court to hear arguments about President Trump's decision to phase out uh, the DACA program, this seems pretty cut and dry, doesn't it? Oh. I mean, because President Obama pretty much said, we don't really have the power to do this, but we're going to set this up, and then we'll see what and the see feds what do with
1: it. I, I'm reluctant to say anything, and, and and the law is cut and dry. And, and with no disrespect intended to the Ninth Circuit, it, mm-hmm. the Ninth Circuit sometimes comes up with decisions that other people and other circuits and sometimes the Supreme Court itself, say, well, how'd you reach that result? But, um, you know, we'll wait and see what they, what they do.
2: Have you been following the case of net neutrality? And uh, I know it's sitting in the high court right now and uh, Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi were on the Hill yesterday pushing for a vote on it. Is this something that you see um, changing drastically either way that it's decided on the high court?
1: Um, the answer to your first question is no. I have not been following <laughs> okay. it. So I have, uh, uh, you know, we do get news out there in the desert, but sometimes I don't pay attention. I'm, I'm out uh, looking for rattlesnakes or, or whatever. So I, that one I haven't followed.
2: That's all right. I have plenty of cases for you to throw at you. Right. Um, <laughs> 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 Illinois yeah. Republican Governor Bruce Rauner wants to reinstate the death penalty in the state Rouner added the provision into gun legislation favored by Democrats. The bill now goes back to the legislature for approval. He wants to reinstate it for mass killers, anyone who kills a law enforcement officer. Why muddy up the waters? Why not leave that separate from gun legislation?
1: Uh, we're probably getting into to, uh, one of the very, uh, many areas where I lack expertise. The political aspect of that is is he tacking that in there so that uh, you know, it puts pressure on those who would otherwise, you know, who want something but wouldn't vote for that, to pressure them to vote or to make a stand, so that later it can be said, well, you know, they, they wouldn't support this reasonable gun control legislation, that by the way had that additional element in it. I don't know. Maybe that's the cynic's point of view, but uh, it could be presented separately but apparently he's chose chosen to to add that to the mix well the so it's
0: kind of election year gibberish is that the way you're interpreting it well, right now that's, <laughs> a little, uh,
1: that's a little strong it might be it might be election year positioning okay and a st- strategic that. uh uh positioning
2: well the death penalty um done away with i believe officially under quinn and uh, now that we have DNA and, we, and we're not putting people to death as often on falsehoods, is, the, is this something that should be a state-by-state decision, or would you rather kick it up to the federal courts?
1: Well, you know, I've, in general, I like to see states make their own decisions on a lot of things. The federal government— should uh, at least it was originally intended to have limited powers, with everything else reserved to the states. Nevertheless, it, you know, ultimately, if something, some legislation is passed by a state that that runs afoul of the United States Constitution, uh, it'll have to be decided by, by the U.S. Supreme Court. Um, but I prefer to let states do their their thing.
2: Michael Cohen plead, will plead the fifth, he said, and has already pleaded the fifth. What exactly does that mean? When, f- when the FBI comes in and raids and seizes documents and you plead the fifth, does that mean you can't get me in trouble because I'm not going to talk? What exactly does that mean? Oh,
1: great question. It, it means that you're asserting your constitutional protection under the, the Fifth Amendment. You can't be compelled to incriminate yourself. It doesn't mean that you can't get in trouble, because if there's other evidence, they'll use the other evidence. But you don't have to make incriminating statements. You don't have to make statements that can be used against you. And sometimes people have gotten in trouble by making statements to the FBI, for example, that proved to be not true, and then they got prosecuted for making false statements to to the FBI. Isn't that why mm. they don't
0: want the president to testify at this point? Because he can't seem to structure a sentence without stretching the truth about something. So,
1: well, you know, without commenting directly on, on that, I think they're concerned that uh, that the president would be that, that somebody's trying to set him up for a, for that type of charge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that's why I think they want to really have an understanding of what questions yeah. will be asked, what areas will be covered, because there is that concern. I think even one of the – was it Rudy Giuliani and one of his comments, that I'm not going to let him uh, – have happened to him, what happened to Martha Stewart. And I yeah. think that's the concern, that they're, okay. they're, they're worried about that strategy from the special uh, Mueller's group.
2: So it's better to plead the fifth than to incriminate yourself is what you're saying.
1: Well, I think most lawyers would tell their clients um, that that's right. that you know especially you know if you're if there's something you're going to say to try to that's not true to talk yourself out of this situation, don't say anything because okay. that that will come back and 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 bite you. so uh, if you,
0: if you had a client who was kind of chatty, you would advise them to just don't say anything
1: yeah yeah <laughs> I would say you know zip it and yeah. which is hard for some folks yeah they, it, it certainly it is. is it's just hard
2: and before we let you go you're uh, on a task force or some kind of committee what are you working on oh now?
1: Um, yes uh, our federal defender Tom Patton is up for reappointment that appointment is made by the Seventh Circuit and uh, uh, I guess the chief judge figured, uh, now that I'm retired, I'm looking for projects, so she appointed me to this uh, committee, there's several of us, and our main task is to interview people who interact with uh, uh, his office and uh, judges, the prosecutor, you know, the U.S. attorney, uh, his staff, uh, people on the panel, uh, the, what we call the CJA panel, uh, lawyers who are appointed when uh, there's a conflict with the uh, federal defender's office. So yeah, I'm gonna meet with Judges uh, Baker and Bruce today and get their input.
0: All right, so your retirement
1: is a lot more
0: colorful than you intended, isn't it? I mean, there's just what? something new coming up there's all some, the time. Yeah, it's kind of fun. <laughs> well, it's kind that's of good. Fun, I have to say. All right. Former Federal Judge David Bernthal, thanks for your time this sure. morning. We appreciate it. Always a pleasure. It. Thank you, Judge. we got right. more coming up on DWS.